Greetings. Welcome to another edition of our Thinking Spatially podcast series, where we think spatially about the Earth, everything that is in it, and beyond. Today's topic, National Mapping Agencies, Mapping the Planet. National Mapping Agencies, Mapping the Planet. If you study geography, or environmental science, or geology in school or at a university, or if you have ever been hiking with a paper map or a digital map on your phone, chances are very great that you used a map produced from a national mapping agency to do so. The hundreds of thousands of map sheets produced by the mapping agencies of the nations of the world not only are foundational to formal training in geography and earth science and other subjects, but are in daily use in paper, film, and digital form around the planet by scientists and ordinary citizens alike. By systematically mapping the Earth, national mapping agencies revolutionized how the planet could be explored and how geography could be studied. Many countries have established national mapping agencies. Some have been founded more recently, such as the State Bureau of Surveying and Mapping in China, 1959, while others have deep historical roots and have had a long-standing influence on geography, earth science, environmental science, and others. The Survey of India was founded in 1767 and is the oldest scientific department in the entire Indian government, responsible for mapping the entire subcontinent, including the British Trigonometric Survey, which was a very famous and controversial survey in the 19th century. The Ordnance Survey, OS, in the UK was founded in 1791. When it was feared that the violence of the French Revolution would spread north, the UK government ordered its defense ministry of the time, the Board of Ordnance, O-R-D-N-A-N-C-E, to begin a survey of England's vulnerable southern coast. Current maps had lacked the detail required for moving troops and planning campaigns, which was made painfully clear during the rebellion in the Scottish Highlands a generation before, in 1745. Engineer William Roy, who had mapped Scotland at a scale of 1 to 36,000, was convinced that, quote, the honor of the nation, end quote, depended on creating, quote, a map of the British Islands, end quote, that was, quote, greatly superior in point and accuracy to any that is now extant, end quote. In the over 200 years that have followed, the OS would map parts of the country at a variety of scales, such as 1 inch to the mile, 1 to 63,360, and 6 inch to the mile, 1 to 10,560, but finally settled on 1 to 10,000, 1 to 25,000, 1 to 50,000, and 1 to 100,000 scales. Today, the OS operates as a government-owned company, 100% in public ownership. A different set of circumstances prompted the founding of another national mapping agency, the U.S. Geological Survey. I had the pleasure of serving there for 17 years as geographer and cartographer, but the USGS was established just a few hours before the close of the 45th Congress on 3 March 1879, prompted by a report from the National Academy of Sciences. It was charged with the classification of the public lands and examination of the geological structure, mineral resources, and products of the national domain. This task was driven by the need to inventory the many hectares of lands added to the United States by the Louisiana Purchase in 1803 and the Mexican-American War in 1848. The agency was assembled from disparate regional surveys, such as those run by Hayden, 
Powell, and Wheeler. In fact, John Wesley Powell himself became the second director of the USGS. The U.S. Geological Survey mapped the United States at a variety of scales, the most detailed of which are 1 to 24,000. The OS remained primarily a mapping and surveying agency. The USGS, from its inception as a science agency, had additional responsibilities besides mapping and surveying. It became responsible for tasks including gathering data and conducting research in the fields of geology, hydrology, biology, and geography. In France, beginning under Louis XIV, four generations of the Cassini, C-A-S-S-I-N-I, family presided over the first attempt to survey and map every meter of a single country. The Cassinis used the science of triangulation to create a topographic map that covered nearly 200 sheets. This mapping agency was nationalized by French revolutionaries in the late 18th century. The map at 1 centimeter to 864 meters, or 1 to 86,400, represents the finest cartographic achievement of its time. While the map does not show dwellings or the boundaries of forests, the level of precision of the road network is remarkable, nearly matching roads drawn and mapped over 200 years later by the French mapping agency, the Institut National Geographique, or IGN. Très bon. It, will be, it would be difficult, folks, to overestimate the impact that national mapping agencies had on geographic research and exploration. Maps have always been a fundamental tool for geographers. The sheer volume of maps produced by national mapping agencies is staggering. In 1995, for example, the OS digitized the last of its 230,000 maps, and in 1993, the USGS finished mapping the USA at a scale of 1 to 24,000, a task that it had begun 60 years earlier and which had resulted in over 53,000 individual map sheets. To complete this task, for decades, these agencies were among the chief employers of geographers and cartographers, me being one of them. Furthermore, the maps produced by the national mapping agencies were among the first mass-produced topographic maps, maps that show the landforms of the surface of the earth through the technique of representing elevation through contour lines. They enabled lands to be explored and measured. Their field workers, workers gathered millions of pages of notes about the landscape in their mapping work. They set standards on cartography and accuracy in mapping and later in GIS, Geographic Information Systems. The base maps and thematic maps that they produced had a multiplier effect long after the maps had gone, had gone to press. First, many of the maps were originally produced to provide survey control for lands that the boundaries of private and public lands could be accurately measured from, or the cadastra of the country, C-A-D-A-S-T-R-E, cadastra, or cadaster of the country. Second, after these base maps were produced, they and the thematic mapping layers about geology and hydrology that followed helped governments manage natural resources such as lands, rivers, lakes, wildlife habitat, forests, natural hazards such as earthquakes and floods, agricultural lands, soils, and coastal waters, first in the era of analog or paper maps and then in the era of digital or geographic information systems produced maps. Indeed, one could argue that the biggest influence that national mapping agencies had on geography was upon the advent of the era of GIS. 
The thousands of maps and the layers that made up those maps provided the information that became the critical spatial digital data infrastructure in modern geographic information systems, or GIS. Map features such as survey markers, rivers, railroads, roads, buildings, and boundaries became point line and polygon vector data traced manually on a digitizing tablet in a very laborious process or scanned in on drum or flatbed scanners. Again, all this took years to scan and digitize in. Digital elevation data were collected from aerial photography, printed as stereo pairs on such instruments as a stereo plotter using photogrammetric techniques. The aerial photographs and map sheets themselves were scanned to become raster base layers, which were later used for raster tiles in web-based GIS services. Another leap forward for geography occurred during the late 1960s, when the USGS was partnered with NASA to launch, gather, and maintain data from the Land Satellite, or Landsat, the first satellite sensor dedicated to providing remotely sensed imagery of the Earth. Long-established national mapping agencies lived through two major paradigm shifts in cartographic techniques. The shift from etching onto copper plates to scribing onto film separates, and the shift from film separates to recording information directly into digital databases. The innovation continues today. Elevation data, for example, is now gathered from LIDAR data, light detection and ranging data, rather than digital elevation models, and also increasingly from UAV or drone imagery. And the digital age has so taken root that paper maps are byproducts produced from the digital data, rather than the paper map serving as an input to the digital data, as in the early days. Because these agencies employed more cartographers in certain countries, they were not only shaped by these technological changes, but they helped shape the changes through the development of cartographic techniques and standards. The histories of many national mapping agencies is intertwined with advancements in surveying equipment. For example, William Roy in the UK was commissioned by the Royal Society to geodetically connect the Royal Observatories of Greenwich and Paris to solve a dispute over their relative positions. In order to accomplish this, he needed a more sophisticated theodolite to measure measuring angles horizontally and vertically than that which originally or currently existed. He needed Jesse Ramsden, the leading instrument maker of the day, to create a great theodolite requiring three years and measuring three feet or 0.91 meters across. The histories of many mapping agencies also led to advances in field collection. Given the vast numbers of surveyors, geographers, and cartographers who were sent onto the landscape, and the agencies in turn were important recorders of that data collected from the field. The national mapping agencies were also influenced by world wars. The OS, for example, in the UK mapped areas of Belgium and France during World War I, and knowledge gained by the Army during the same war aided the development of aerial photography at the USGS in the years following. The additional tasks that some mapping agencies are responsible for also had great influence on geography. The stream gauging and seismic network, for example, that the USGS runs, provides critical data for geographic research in natural hazards, weather, and climate. National mapping agencies also had great influence on advancements in field data collection methods and equipment, on cartography, and on surveying. More recently, private mapping companies such as ESRI and crowdsourcing such as OpenStreetMap have produced as much or more mapped information as national mapping agencies, but the agencies have adapted and have remained viable into the 21st century.
And that, folks, is a bit about national mapping agencies, mapping the planet, national mapping agencies. Thanks for joining me here today on the Thinking Spatially podcast series, and I wish you all a very spatial day. Thanks. Thank you.